And so uh, let's continue this morning as we continue this series. And, and I pray that you just challenge today. In Luke chapter 11, in verse 1, it says, It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, or give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, as was the, was the habit of Jesus, he often spent time in prayer. You know, one of the disciplines that every Christian should engage in is prayer. And you know, the worst thing, you know, I was thinking about this. There's one scripture that says, uh, uh, how be it for me that I, I sin by not praying for you. Somebody says, prayerlessness is sin. And I don't know if that's true, but I, I think it is. Because if we're not praying, we're saying we don't need God's help. We can do it on our own. If we're not praying, we have no desire to walk in fellowship with God and walk in intimacy with God. So this is not a thing that you could take it or leave it. I believe that we need to ask God to deliver us from prayerlessness. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? And it's amazing to me that, uh, that it, you know, this is a great, this is a command that God gives us to do, but how hard it is to develop the habit of prayer. And I want to encourage you to start with just a few minutes a day. You say, how do you learn to pray? You learn to pray by praying. You learn to pray by making it a priority. Amen? And, you know, listen, Jesus said, apart from me, that you can do nothing. You know, if we don't pray, it's like getting disconnected, a branch getting disconnected from the vine. We're going to dry up. Amen? There'll be no spiritual fruit in our life. We're going to have the world come in. We're going to have ungodliness come in. And we won't have the fruit of godliness and righteousness flowing in our life. Amen? So we need to learn to tap into the vine. Amen? So we can have the fruit of the power of God. God flowing in our life, and so we can be the light and the salt that Jesus created us to live in and to be in. Amen. And so right here, Jesus had this habit of praying, it says, and whenever he got done, his disciples came to him and asked him an important question. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, his response to that question, when they said, Lord, teach us not how to pray, but to pray. And I think that's a good place to start. Lord, teach me to pray. Deliver me from prayerlessness. Amen. And so, you know, he's, he responds to them and he gives them what is known as the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. And he says, pray them this way. In verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, yada, yada, yada. But in verse 4, he says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, most of us are very familiar with these words that Jesus uttered right here. We're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. But the point that I want to emphasize this morning is in verse number four, where Jesus said, when you pray, we should pray this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In response to the disciples' request to learn how to pray, Jesus said one thing that you should not miss and that you should always cover is this particular thing. 
praying and asking the Father to lead you not into temptation, but to deliver you from the evil one. I call that portion of the Lord's Prayer warfare prayer. How many of you know that we are in a battle? We are in a war. Amen. And so Jesus encouraged spiritual warfare through prayer. Now, Jesus encourages church to engage in spiritual warfare. Why? Why did he encourage us to learn how to do spiritual warfare? Well, I think there's two possible reasons. One being is that to remind God's people that they are in a war. They are in a war. Now, how many of you would agree with that? Raise your hands. How many of you believe that? Raise your hands. You know, sometimes we're oblivious to the fact that there is a spiritual battle taking place. You know, I'm amazed at myself sometimes how I get under attack and I start struggling and going through a difficult time. And it seems like almost whenever I get through it, I realize, man, I was under spiritual attack. But how many of you know that we are in a war? And Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, there is a spiritual war going on. And it's in heavenly places, the Bible says. In other words, it's in the unseen realm. You can't see it, but it's there. You can't see it, but it's going on. Another reason I think the Lord encourages us to engage in spiritual warfare is because so God's people can be adequately equipped to do spiritual warfare. So we have the tools that we need to, to, to counterattack when the enemy attacks us. And, and uh, most of us are not adequately trained. We don't know how to engage in warfare. And so consequently, many times we get defeated whenever we're under spiritual attack. In Psalm 18, 31 and 34, the, the, um, the psalmist said, who is, who is God save the Lord? Who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and he setteth me upon high places. And he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken broken by mine arms. Now, I love that phrase in verse 34. He teacheth my hands to war. The Lord wants to teach us to do spiritual warfare. Amen. Listen, he didn't raise up an army for us to all be in the child hall while the enemy's out there take plundering our camp. Amen. Come on. He's called us to be in an army to teach us how to war. He wants us to learn how to war. Amen. And so he says, the Lord wants to teach us to do spiritual warfare. He wants to teach us, teach my hands to war. Amen. Now, why is it so important for us to learn spiritual warfare? Well, let's look at the spiritual stage of you in Revelation 12. I want you to see this and we got to be reminded in Revelation chapter 12, Uh, It gives us some really great insight on this war that you and I are under. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 says, There was a war in heaven. There was a war in heaven. And Michael and his angels were waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels were waging war. And they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. The serpent of old. Who is called the devil and Satan. Who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. 
There was a war in heaven between two spiritual opponents. Michael and his angels warred against the dragon and his angels. And, and so that was the war. Michael was God's head angel. And he, was, uh, and he, had, he had his host of angelic beings that were with him. And he was leading and guiding God's angelic army. But then there was the dragon who was called the serpent of old, the devil. That's Satan. And he was leading the demonic angels in the war. And the Bible says they had a war in heaven. And the dragon and his angels were not strong enough to withstand Michael and his angels. And he got kicked out of heaven. The dragon and his angels were kicked out of heaven and thrown down to the earth. Now, where is Satan and his angels today? They're on the earth. That's what the scripture says in in verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who's called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with them. And so not only are they angels, God's angels, but they're demonic angels. We call them demons. And the Bible says the dragon was thrown on the earth and a third of the angels was thrown on the earth. That's demons. And they're on the earth wreaking havoc on the world. And so we see this truth reiterated in the book of Job. You remember in the book of Job, chapter 1 and 6, the Bible says one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. And Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. How many of you know, just like God knows everything that's going on, Satan is patrolling the earth and he's watching everything that is going on. Amen. And so now let's read further in Revelation 12 and verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Now, the woman is believed to represent the universal body of Christ or the universal church. In verse 14, but the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. Now, the scholars believe that this is the dragon, the serpent, the devil, his attack on the church, on the, church the body of Christ, to try to, to try to eradicate it, but he could not do it. And so Satan is unable to destroy the woman or the universal church. So now he turns his attention towards individuals in the church. In verse 17, it says, So the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went off to make war with the rest of her children, who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Satan and his demonic spirits are presently on the earth wreaking havoc. And they're making war with those who hold on to the testimony of Jesus. Are y'all seeing this, brothers and sisters? And so listen, you know, I believe that, you know, what this this is saying is that as Christians, we got a target on our back. We got a target on our back and the accuser of the brethren does not like us. He doesn't want us to succeed. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Can I suggest to you that today 
that the enemy is going to devour somebody who doesn't recognize that they're in a spiritual war. And today, if nothing else, I want to arouse your attention, bring your attention to the fact that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter where you are. You are in a spiritual war. You are in a spiritual battle. And the last thing that you need to do is put your head in the sand and forget that you are because you're going to get whipped. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me? And so why is it so important that we learn to do spiritual warfare? Because we as Christians are the primary target of the adversary. He hates the fact that we worship God. He hates the fact that we give our allegiance to God. He cannot stand the fact that anybody would bow down to the name and to the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he just gets so, he just gets so enraged with that and he will do everything he can to try to pull somebody out of the church and get them to quit worshiping the living God. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 10 and 12 says, finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. According to Paul, this is... This is who we are warring and wrestling with. We're not warring against our, our, our mother-in-law. We're not warring against our, our boss. We're not warring against our co-worker. We're not warring against each other. We're warring against the principalities of darkness. In verse 17, he said, so the dragon... Wait, wait, pardon me. In verse, in verse 12, he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But what? Against what? Principalities. And against what? Powers. Against what? The rulers of darkness of this age. Against what? Spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We're wrestling these things. This at different levels. How many of you know that the kingdom of, of darkness has rank and has order? He has order in his kingdom. And you know what? Because there's order in his kingdom, he's successful in what he's trying to do. You know, there are different levels of demonic resistance. First of all, there's principalities. The Bible says, and these are the highest level of demonic resistance. And they try to control geographical geographical areas of the world. And, you know, we see that in Daniel. Remember when Daniel was fasting and praying and he was waiting for an answer for for, for the vision that he had seen? He wanted the the, the interpretation of it. And he's fasting and praying and, and an angel was sent to bring Daniel the answer. But it took the angel 21 days to get there. But whenever he got there, he told Daniel, he said, listen, for the first moment that you set out to pray, I was sent on behalf of you to give you the answer. But I encountered some resistance in the heavenlies. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. And he continued. He said, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom, resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel's answer to prayer was being detained by a principality over Persia. 
And he said, I couldn't get to you because this prince of Persia was withstanding me and keeping me. And then all of a sudden, I got some help. Michael came and he came to my aid and he put a whooping on the king of Persia. And here I am. Amen. And so then we see. And you know, there, it's been, you know, there's, there's, there's great documented truth. Like in Argentina, there was a, you know, churches couldn't thrive in certain places. And they begin to pray and do warfare and to begin to bind up the principality. They, they asked the Lord to show them what it was. And God began to show them the principality that was over Argentina. And they begin to fast and pray and ask God to break that principality. And that principality was bound up and broken. And all of a sudden, revival hit Argentina. Telling you, this is true. This is real stuff right here. The second level of demonic resistance is powers and rulers of darkness. These demonic spirits of powers and rulers of darkness execute the orders of the principalities, the head. They are dominating spirits that rule over localized areas in order to carry out the orders of the principalities. You know, sometimes they may be a prevailing spirit of murder or sexual immorality, or poverty over certain regions, over certain areas. Certain places in Lafayette, I believe, are being detained by powers and rulers, by principalities, amen? And so, you know, um, you know, we are to do warfare and ask God to break those powers so that the oppression can be lifted. Are y'all with me? I remember several years ago, I was a youth pastor. Tiny and I took a, a van load of youth, and we went to, to Baton Rouge, and they were, they were having a, a, a warfare prayer rally at the Delta Women's Clinic, which is an abortion clinic. And, and uh, it was a big deal, and people from all over came on both sides. The, the liberals, the, the, the agnostics, the atheists, the, the Satanists, whoever. They came... And they, the, the, everybody that was in favor of the abortions, they came and got on one side of the street. And the body of Christ, the conservatives, those that believed in life, got on the other side of the street. And they both had their, their go. And the church rallied together and had worship service and had prayer meetings and was binding up the spirit of murder over Baton Rouge. And do you know there was not one murder in Baton Rouge the whole time that that rally was going on? Now, I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but I believe that the spirit of murder was bound up over Baton Rouge. Amen. Are y'all with me today? And so listen, you know, the spirit of murder can be bound up through prayer. Amen. Rulers and powers of darkness can be bound up through prayer. And then the third rank, the host of wickedness. Uh, Ephesians says, this is believed to be the, the individual specific demons that are kind of like uh, foot soldiers, so to speak, that are in Satan's army. And they're the ones that go ahead and they're the ones that go carry out the orders. And these demons are the only ones that, that are enticing people to sin. And they whisper lies into people's ears. And we hear the lie and we grab a hold of it and we walk in it and don't realize that we've been influenced by demonic spirits. And people are enticed into immorality, into sexual perversions, and into lying, into stealing, into cheating, into evil, into wickedness. And they're bringing people into captivity every day. These are the foot soldiers that tries to tempt us to live in sin and live ungodly lives. They are the ones that are in work and, and they're attacking in our churches. Not just out there in the world, in our churches, in the body of Christ. 
That's who they hate. They hate church going people. They hate people that have accepted Jesus as their Lord. And he'll do whatever he can to try to get us off track. Amen. They're trying to enslave people in all kinds of bondages. And all kinds of strongholds. And Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Come on. The Lord wants us to stand against the wiles of the devil. Don't work with him. Stand against him. Don't flow with him. Stand against him. Can I get a better amen? And so James 4, 7 says, humble yourself before God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. We got to learn how to resist the devil. Amen. How do you resist the devil? Through warfare praying. Amen. I'm not letting him come into my house and take over. I'm going to resist him firm in my faith. Come on. Amen. Amen. You know, prayer and fasting. We see all kinds of strongholds and bondages broken during this time. Why? Because we begin resisting the devil. We begin warring against him. We begin standing against his forces over us. And as we stand against them, the powers of darkness are broken and bondages and strongholds are broken off of people's lives. Amen? And then we start hearing testimonies. And and, then occasionally we'll hear a devil come screaming out of somebody. Why? Because Jesus has given us the rulership of the kingdom of God. And we are to establish his kingdom on the earth and drive out the kingdom of darkness out of the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, in our encounters, we see this. You know, we see, we see incredible things happen. Why? Because all the leadership begins fasting and praying and seeking the Lord. And whenever they begin fasting and praying and resisting and standing against the wild of the evil one, people's lives are getting set free. You know, Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. There's something about when we fast and pray, there's a greater authority, there's a greater anointing, there's a greater presence, there's a greater ability to do great damage to the kingdoms of darkness. And so we need to utilize Isaiah 58, 6 says, is this not the fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Come on, how many of you know God has given us the ability to break strongholds? Amen. To break bondages. God has given us powerful weapons to fight the spiritual battle. Amen. So let's talk about how do you engage In spiritual warfare, I want to give you just a couple of thoughts. Number one, we need to utilize the weapon of faith. The weapon of faith. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says, Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Faith is having the confidence that you can and you will win the spiritual battle. Faith is having the confidence that you will win the spiritual battle. Amen. 
He says, resist them firm in, this, in your faith. You know, the devil's job is to discourage you, to cause you to doubt God, to cause you to disbelieve God. That's the devil's job. And he says, don't let him do that. Resist them firm in your faith. He says, put on the full armor and take up your shield of faith in which you can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. Amen. Listen, remember two important truths. When you engage in spiritual warfare in faith, remember Jesus has already defeated the enemy. He's already been defeated. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. How many of you know Jesus disarmed Satan's power and authority when he died on the cross? Amen. Yes, he did. In Acts 10, 38, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. How many of you know, Jesus can break the power of Satan off of people's lives. He can break strongholds and bondages. Jesus was given power and authority over the evil one. Now, the second truth we need to remember is that Jesus, not only did he have the power, but he gave us the power and authority over the enemy. He gave us the power. In Luke 9, 1 says, he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and and to heal diseases. So the Lord has given us power and authority over the demonic activities going on around us. Do y'all believe this? Do y'all agree with this? And so listen, Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. I've given you power over the demonic forces. I've given you power over the demonic areas. We need to have faith that through spiritual warfare, prayer can win our spiritual battles. Amen. And so listen, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. You know, he says, listen, have faith. Faith is the victory. Faith is how we overcome. If you've been born again, God has given you his spirit and his authority. And listen, you don't have to, you don't have to lay down and let the enemy beat you up, knock you down, discourage you, knock you out. Rise up, O man of God. Rise up, O woman of God. Rise up in your faith. And so, no, I'm not going to live in discouragement, depression. I'm not living. I'm not going to let the enemy rob me. I'm standing up and I'm going to resist him firm in my faith in the name of Jesus. Come on, are y'all with me today? Come on, army of God. Rise up, army of God. Rise up in your faith. The second weapon of warfare is relying on the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12, 11 says, They overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. We need to understand the power of the blood of Jesus. How many of you know there is power, there is power, there is wonder-working power in the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Can I get a better witness? Yes. Listen, the blood of Jesus breaks generational strongholds. First Peter 1.18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from the feudal way of life you inherited from your forefathers, but by the precious blood of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you know the blood of Jesus Christ? When Jesus died, he died to break generational curses. Amen. And so listen, what he's saying is that even, it don't matter if your grandpa had heart problems, you can break that curse off your life. Amen. If your family's been living in poverty, break that. The blood of Jesus delivers you from poverty. Amen. There might have been adultery in your past, in your past lineage, but through the grace and power of the blood of Jesus, adultery is broken in your family. The blood of Jesus. 
breaks generational strongholds. But it also gives you confidence and access into the holy of holies. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The blood of Jesus washes us of all our sin. Amen. Come on. And so when we come to God, the accuser of the brethren say, you have no right to pray. You have no right. You got mad the other day. You might as well not even think that God would hear you. But I call upon the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus washes my sins away. Amen. I'm not counting on my righteousness. I'm counting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is my righteousness. So therefore, I come boldly to the throne of grace where I can receive mercy in my time of need. Amen. Bless the Lord. First John 1, 7 and 8 says, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Amen. The blood of Jesus protects us from oppression. Remember when God sent the plagues on Egypt, and the last one was the death angel, and he told the children of Israel to, to slay a lamb and put the blood on the doorpost, and he said when the death angel comes through the land, it's going to bypass your house. Remember that? In Exodus twelve seven. And they are, they are to take the blood, some of the blood, put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. And in verse 12, on the same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, but men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all gods, uh, all, all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Through prayer, apply the blood of Jesus over your life. Through prayer, apply the blood of Jesus over your family. Come on, are y'all with me today? And declare, the death angel can't touch my house. Because of the blood of Jesus, that's come. That was a great picture of what Jesus did for us. Amen. Declare that the blood of Jesus protects you. Amen. I was teaching this here in this church a few years ago. In one of these DVDs. DVDs went out to Indonesia, and, and this lady over there heard this, and, and, and uh, she had a son that wasn't doing good, and he was, he was uh, struggling, and she began, to, she began to call on the power of the blood of Jesus and declare the blood of Jesus protecting him from evil forces, from demonic hoes, and she said, all of a sudden, his behavior started changing, his character started changing, he became a new person. And all she did was start doing warfare over him. Come on, are y'all hearing me today? Come on, we need to do war over our children. We need to do war over our our spouses. We need to do war over our families. We need to do war in the heavenlies. Amen. And call on the blood of Jesus. The third weapon of warfare is praying in the authority of the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, 17. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. And they will speak in tongues. In my name, not your name, in his name. Our authority comes not from our name, it comes from his name. Amen. 
It's the name of Jesus. Demonic spirits respond to the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. In Philippians 2, 9 and 11, therefore God exalted him, being Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Hey, listen, the name of Jesus is supreme and full of dynamic power. Amen. Remember in Acts chapter 3, whenever, uh, whenever the man of God was going to the temple and there was a blind, there was a beggar there and he was, uh, he was, he was uh, crippled and, uh, and he was begging and, and they said, uh, they turned and looked at him and they said, look, we, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. How many of you know there's authority in the name of Jesus? Amen. The name of Jesus. You can change an atmosphere. By calling on the name of Jesus. You could call, you can change an atmosphere by just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Why? Because it's the name that is above every name. His name has greater authority than any other name. Amen. And when you call on the name of Jesus, God responds. Amen. But listen, the sons of Sceva thought they could call on the name of Jesus and God would move, but they didn't know Jesus. And you know what? They ended up getting stripped naked and they ran away. Because the enemy defeated him. Whenever you call on the name of Jesus, it means you're submitted under the name of Jesus. The Bible says in James, submit therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Don't do spiritual warfare until you submit it to God. Amen. But if you submit it to God, you just go ahead and use his name. Amen. He's all right. He says, I'm your big brother. You can use my authority. By the way, I want you to use it. Go establish my kingdom on the earth. Amen. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy. I don't know about you. Amen. Praise the Lord. The fourth weapon of our warfare is exercising the authority of binding and loosing. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, if you go back and look at that passage of scripture, Jesus said, he said, remember, he said, who do they say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood that hasn't revealed this to you, but my father's in heaven. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, I got you back, boys. I got you back, army of God. You go and take my authority into this depressed, evil, wicked world, and I got you back. I'm with you. I'm going to go with you. Amen. And so God has given us spiritual authority. Bind means to forbid. Loose means to release. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. With our tongues, we can bind up evil spirits. We can forbid oppression from coming on us. With our, with our mouth, we can, and the authority that God has given us, we can resist the devil and we can drive him out of our camp. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me today? And so we need to use this. We need to use this, these weapons God has given us. He said, 1 John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. How many of you know God is greater than the enemy? He's no match for Jesus. 
He's no match for him. Amen. Now listen, we, we, we are not to just like irreverently and think we can go around and, and, and be, you know, some cocky dude. No, we better reverence and respect the power that the enemy has. But when we come in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, there is no match. Amen. Amen. There is no match to the name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to declare it over everyone in this room. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ rules and reigns supremely over this earth. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Prince of peace, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the great I am. And he has come to establish his kingdom on this earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now it's our job to enforce his kingdom. Amen. All this does us no good unless we engage in it. Amen. We need to go to war and rise up in the name of Jesus and begin standing against the wiles of the evil one and begin to stand against the forces of darkness and say over our lives, I'm not going to let oppression come on me. I'm not going to let discourage come on me. In the name of Jesus, I declare the blood of Jesus covers me, protects me. By faith, I declare every evil spirit broken off my life. Every demonic hole broken off my life. In Jesus' name. Every stronghold pulled down. In Jesus' name. I am liberated, set free through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me today? Why don't you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Come on. Let's go to war. Let's go to war. Come on. Lift your hands. and Let's go to war. Declare it right now. Declare it right now. Through the power of the blood of Jesus through the power, come on, execute, execute right now. Come on, by faith, declare, I'm not going to struggle spiritually. I break every hole of the enemy, trying to keep me from walking with God, trying to keep me. Come on, I'm going to break unbelief, break doubt off your life right now. In Jesus' name, we declare it. It's broken right now. Come on, declare it over your children, your grandchildren. The blood of Jesus covers them. I bind up every evil spirit. I bind up every demonic hope attacking my family right now. I declare right now. Come on, pray over your marriage. In Jesus' name, I declare. Declare my marriage healthy, my marriage whole. In Jesus' name, I declare right now, Jesus Christ sets me free. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the blood of Jesus. I bind up, I bind up every demon. I bind up every evil spirit. I bind up every assigned force of darkness. In Jesus' name, I declare I'm free. My home's free. My family's free. My church is free. I declare it. We are free. We are free. We are free. Come on, declare it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I drive oppression back. I drive darkness back. I drive evil forces back right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now the kingdom of God is being established over this house. The kingdom of God is being released. Come on, pray through. Come on, press in a little bit. Come on, declare it right now. Come on, put a little effort into it. Declare it. Use your authority. Behold, I've given you authority. In the name of Jesus, we bind up cancer. We bind up disease. We break the spirit of infirmity right now. Oh, we break the God of this world that has blinded the minds of the unbelief, the atheists, the agnostics. We break his power. We break his hope. We declare right now through the power of the blood of Jesus, that souls are coming in, that our family members are coming in, our loved ones are coming in. Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you, Lord, for breaking the power of darkness. Lord, I break apathy. I break complacency. I break spiritual lethargy. Lord, I break it. I break lukewarmness. I break its power. I say, loose the people of God. Let the people of God go free today. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody shouted. Come on, give the Lord another shout. Yes. Declare it. Declare it. My finances are free. My emotions are free. Yes. My my relationships are free. Declare it. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Now listen, we've been fasting and praying for God to loose strongholds, loose bondages, loose oppression, loose discouragement. Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so listen, I'm going to ask the altar workers to come. Come to the altar right now. And I want to encourage you. We've been fasting and praying, believing. And so listen, I would be derelict. I would not be faithful if I just let you go home without inviting you to come to this altar right now and get prayed for that things could be broken off your life and so that you could receive the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I want to invite you right now. If you're struggling, if you're going through a tough time, if you feel like you're attacked and you've been wanting for a breakthrough, I encourage you just come down and receive prayer today. Amen. And let God meet you right where you are. Come on, let's pray. Father, I release your anointing on this altar and I pray God that Lord, you would just call. Come on, let's believe. I listen, I'm believing for greater freedom and greater liberty in my life. Come on, let's believe for it. Lord, I'm believing for breakthrough, God. I know that you have more. I know that there's more and I want the more, Lord. And we cry out for it. Lord, that signs and wonders will follow. Lord, that the deaf will hear, the blame will see, the, the blind will see, the lame will walk. Thank you. God, that Lord, you are releasing financial breakthroughs. You are releasing emotional breakthroughs. God, you're releasing a great miracle over this house. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. Go to war. Go to war. Amen.